Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting. Because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side. Check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset, today. You are listening to the Health Mindset Podcast, episode 14. Welcome to the Health Mindset Podcast, where your mindset gets results. You know you want better health. You know you want to take action. Learn how to stop sabotaging your progress so you can achieve the level of health you've always wanted for your life. Now, here's your host, Master Certified Coach and Author, Andrea Hansen. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. As always, I am so glad to have you here and really excited to be sharing something that we're talking about today because it affects everybody, (laughs) just everybody. I don't know anybody that hasn't complained about being overcommitted. It just, it's a fact of life. We are a busy society. We are always going somewhere. We're always doing something. We're always following through with something that we committed to like a month ago, even if we don't want to. I talked in the last podcast about common reasons why people don't commit 100% to their weight loss and a lack of time and a lack of energy were two of the biggest reasons. Now, what leads to this lack of time and energy is that we tend to overcommit. We spread ourselves way too thin. And how much overcommitment or how much, what qualifies as overcommitting, I should say, depends on the person. But we all have that line and we all know when we've crossed it. Today, I'm going to talk about how to stop overcommitting and how to fight that ensuing overwhelm that kind of consumes us when we are overcommitting ourselves. And when I was looking at this, it turns out that the solution to overcommitment follows three common themes. So while it, what I'll talk about today not only leads to our overcommitting to other people, but it also affects how we feel about ourselves. So these solutions can help you both get out of that overwhelm, that you know bubble that sometimes we kind of get ourselves into, but it also can change what you're attracting to yourself. Because when you are over committing and you're always looking for those commitments, what are you attracting? You're attracting more opportunities for commitments. So I'm going to teach you how to get out of that little bubble that keeps you with all your commitments. I've always been that quintessential type A person. We, we've talked about this. <laughs> I was the go-to to get things done in, you know, with work, with my friends, with my family. I'm a pretty solid, dependable person, <laughs> if I do say so myself. And I love that I can be there for other people. I actually really like that about myself. However, when I was diagnosed in 2000 with MS, I learned very quickly that stress made my health exponentially worse. So I had no choice. 
but to learn how to manage my time and manage my commitments. And one of the ways I did this was taking a look at how often I committed to doing something for in, in everything, you know, including work, including fun time with friends and family, everything. And I realized that I was all over the place. I didn't have a lot of breathing room. I didn't afford myself a lot of breathing room. And I was scared to start saying no, especially when it came to work, especially when it came to when my boss asked me to do something. I was worried that I would be less valuable to people. I was worried that I would let people down who depended on me. Because remember, I really valued that dependability. And I was really afraid that by saying no and cutting back on my commitments might be saving me a little stress, but it might be tarnishing my reputation, (laughs) if you will. But here's what I did. I took a hard line with myself because I knew I wasn't giving myself the attention that I needed to start healing from this disease because that became my number one priority. I also needed to not only heal from this disease that I was just diagnosed with, but I still needed to heal myself from a lot of years of living a pretty unhealthy life. (laughs) There was a lot of not working out and a lot of cheesy poofs going on. So I started to change and I learned how to say no. And here's what I noticed. I didn't have to give up on everything that I loved because I did love being the dependable one. Again, right? It felt good to help out. I didn't have to give up on everything. And in fact, I could do more of what I loved because what was burning me out was doing the things that I felt like I needed to do. I felt like I had to do for various reasons that I'll talk about. But when I cut out the things that I didn't want to do, my time and my energy expanded. It was pretty amazing. And people weren't mad at me. They didn't immediately brand me as unreliable. That never happened. So I set boundaries and I stuck with them. And I believe that being consistent in those boundaries actually fit well with my dependability because I wasn't going back and forth on things. What I, I wasn't saying yes and then no and then yes and I don't know. That wasn't happening. I was firm. And that went a long way to being able to set boundaries and still take, be taken seriously, especially at work, which was, again, really important to me. So I was able to change not only the commitments themselves, but how I thought about the commitments. And I felt way less stressed. I realized that overcommitment had nothing to do with other people asking me to do so much. It was all about my mindset and how sometimes it was just about how I was looking at things. That's why stopping the overcommitting is a piece of that health mindset that I really want to share with you today. We think that it's just about doing less. We think it's about simplifying your calendar, but really it's about approaching and thinking differently about your commitments. It used to be that there was only crazy <laughs> happening in your year like a cert- at certain times. But of course, like the holidays is a great example. Or like when school starts or in the summer when a lot of people are going on vacation or maybe you're trying to go on vacation and you're covering for you, right? It used to be that it was only at certain times during the year. But let's not kid ourselves. Let's just throw this out there. <laughs> we have pressure year round. We overcommit year round. And we kid ourselves if we think that it's just that time of year. Minimizing crazy is essential 12 months out of the year now. You've always got to be on top of this. Because look, what happens when we're committed or when we're overcommitted? We feel overwhelmed. We feel this pressure either from other people or from ourselves. And our normal responsibilities, they don't stop, but they get pushed back. It's like this bottleneck 
where we have to say no to something. And quite often, when you finally have to say no because you just have such an overwhelming schedule, the person that you're saying no to is you. We try to do more in less time. It's like we're applying this corporate America model (laughs) to our own personal lives. But the problem is that we don't get done, we don't get things done as well as we want. We kind of halfway do it and that might feel bad because that might be totally not like you and what you want to deliver. And it doesn't feel good and it feels kind of less than. It lowers our confidence. It lowers our resilience. It lowers our ability to perform. And the stress is, we know what stress does, right? Our health suffers. Physical stress is, you know, we lose sleep, we gain weight, we can tend to overeat. Overwhelm can affect us on a systemic level because it affects hormones like adrenaline and cortisol. It can get very serious. So we need to get a handle on this. I found that getting a handle on overcommitting falls into three main categories. Getting out of other people's business, getting into your own business, and then being aware of how you're talking to yourself. So let's break this down. The very first category, stay in your own lane, otherwise known as mind your own business. <laughs> but that doesn't work very well, does it? We don't, we don't mind our own business very well. Often the reason why we don't stay in our own lane is that we make an assumption about the other people that are involved. We can think, I'm just going to do it because they're going to mess it up and come to me later with an even bigger mess. So we can tell ourselves, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this now and I'll save everybody time. Or we assume, you know, they can't do it without me. Sometimes the assumptions can seem really sweet and innocent. Like, they'll really appreciate it if I do this. But you're still in someone else's business when you're thinking that you know what they will think or feel. The truth is, you don't know what other people are thinking. How many times have you done something thinking that somebody else will be so grateful and then you hear crickets instead of that gratitude that you were expecting. That's because you never know what other people are thinking or what they want. Often we do things because we think it will elicit a certain response from somebody else. And again, if it sounds totally innocent, like I know they'll appreciate it, you really don't know. The same goes for the opposite. They will hate me if I don't do this. You don't know. They may be jealous of of the fact that you're saying no and they still get stuck with it. And yes, this applies even if the other person tells you that they will appreciate it or that they will hate you. You still don't know what motives they have or if that's what they really think. I know it sounds a little sinister, but think about it. Sometimes you're still trying to figure out what you authentically think, right? A lot goes into that. It's really hard to make that judgment of what somebody else is authentically thinking. They may believe that they'll really appreciate it, but that might not even really be the truth. You don't know. So getting into somebody else's business is a huge management issue that that you don't need to take on (laughs) because you have no control over it anyway. Don't put yourself in the position of being an authority of what someone else is going to authentically think. What happens is you pressure yourself to do something that you truly don't want to do. So that is like, it's like doubly exhausting. Trying to manage them and their thinking and their emotions and trying to manage your thinking and your emotions, and then you also have this commitment on top of that. Don't do that. (laughs) Staying out of other people's business allows you to focus on if you would really appreciate doing something or if you're doing it just to get a certain reaction out of somebody else. Another thing to think about is that there is no shortage of commitments out there. 
right? Volunteering, events, work, family, everything, right? It's all over the place. If we're in the habit of taking on a lot of commitments, guess what we're attracting? We're attracting more opportunities to take on more commitments. We are not attracting relaxation. We are not attracting peace of mind. (laughs) We are not attracting more time. We are attracting more opportunities to commit. You're putting it out there for everyone to know that you're happy to help. You'll get things done. You'll raise your hand when something needs done. You'll do what it takes. The universe is listening as well. And if that's what you're living, more of that is going to come. But what happens is like death by a thousand paper cuts. It makes us feel good on the front end. It gets that that check the box kind of feeling. It does feel good to get things done. But now we have extra things to do before we can get what we truly want. Plus, again, we don't know if somebody else can't do it. We just assume that we're the only ones that can step in. Staying in your own lane seems so simple, but chances are you're not doing it. We can get really far (laughs) into other people's lanes. This is the front end of it. This is the moment where we start to overcommit. We're taking on other people's responsibilities and it happens more than we realize. So look for what you're saying. Look out for when you're saying something like, I'll just do it, right? Notice how you feel at that moment when you are raising your hand. Notice why you say it. Speak up only if it fills you up. It's like a rule of thumb. Only if it feels good to you to do that commitment and leave the other people involved out of it. You may be asking, how do I know if it feels good to me to really do it? When you, especially when you're in such the habit, that's the second theme. The second theme is to gut test it. We all know what a gut feeling is. Intellectually, we all understand what this means. I'm always perfecting my gut feeling. I find that there's layers to it, but we often don't listen to it. Even if you do hear it, our gut tells us that we don't want to do something, but we push through it anyway. Why do we do this? We said we would do it, so we have to do it. I hear this all the time from people, especially when it comes to you know, modeling something for their kids. Well, we, we made this commitment, so we have to do it, even though they don't want to do it. Another thing is, you know, we can't back out now. What would they do without us? What would they do without whatever we're bringing to the table, right? What would they do without whatever we committed to do? Something that I love is when people say, as adults, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do. There's so many reasons that we give ourselves not to listen to what our gut tells us. I want you to think about everything that you have to get done this weekend. Everything, kids, events, things that you said you do for other people, things for work, whatever. Shopping, doesn't matter. Even things for you. If you said you were gonna go get a mani-pedi or I don't know, whatever. Run every single one of those things on your schedule through a gut test. When you think about each one of these, notice how you feel in your body. Do you feel good? Do you feel light? Do you feel relaxed? Do you have that tinge of excitement? Or do you feel bad? Do you kind of tense up a little bit? Do you grit your teeth a little bit? That's always my thing. Like I, I, I kind of clench my jaw when I notice something's not working. What do you do in your body? How do you feel when you think about what you're going to do this weekend? What are you planning to do a drive-by? That's also my favorite. Like, is there something that you have on your schedule that you're already planning on just driving by and just like showing up for a second and then just ghosting? that's a little bit of a flag. We, again, commit on the front end and then we hold ourselves hostage to follow through with things, right? We blindly just motor through it just to get it done and we ignore how we feel. But it's really, really important to know how you feel. We think that the most important thing is to be loyal 
to what we say that we're going to do, to be loyal to other people, to be dependable. But what about being loyal to yourself? What about being dependable to yourself? What are you putting first? What you said that you're going to do or your own needs? Notice each thing that you have to do this weekend and notice how you really feel. If you feel bad about it, notice if you're planning on doing it anyway. Get really curious about this. Why are you ignoring your gut? Sometimes just doing this inventory alone is enough to drop some commitments. Sometimes we need a little bit more help. That's where the third main reason for overcommitting comes in. Number three is watching your language. And I've talked about this a little bit before, and it's really, really important. Watching your language is huge. Because as we enter this get stuff done mode, especially as our stress levels rise and our adrenaline is going, and we're really just going, 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 and we're in that mode, we can get caught up in everything that we have to do. I have to go to that meeting. I have to get wine for the party. I have to get this done before next week. I have to look good for this dinner. We even turn on ourselves. I want you to try this switch. Every time you tell yourself you have to do something, say that you choose to do it instead. I'm choosing to go to that party. I am choosing to get this done before next week. It immediately feels different. And here's the thing, and I love this, when it finally soaked in for me, because it took a little bit for it to really soak in, it was like I lost like 20 pounds. We don't have to do anything. There's nothing that we have to do. I'm not saying that there's not consequences for our actions. Of course, there are always consequences for every action we do, but we don't have to do anything. It's important to acknowledge that you're choosing to do things because number one, it's true. <laughs> Let's just say that. But also you no longer have, like, have your back against the wall when you say that you're choosing something. When you're saying that you have to do it, it's like, that's it. You have no choice, right? It's, you can feel very, um, very pressured. When you say that you're choosing to do it, you feel freer about it. And it's easier to decide if you really want to do it. So again, think about my favorite thing (laughs) that people say. As adults, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to. That feels so gross. That makes me not want to be an adult. (laughs) That's like the first, it's like the number one reason why I don't want to be an adult is because we have to do things that we don't want to. But hey, guess what? As adults, sometimes we choose to do things that we don't want to. That feels a lot better. That feels a lot lighter. It's much easier to make the choice that really fills us up versus the choice that makes us feel like we can't get a second to relax. Now, these things sound pretty easy. (laughs) Just to let you know, you're going to have a a voice that says, nah, we can be really afraid that we're letting other people down, especially if those people are like your boss or someone that you really care about. But if it were a guarantee that nobody would care and you only did what you truly wanted to do, how many things would you say no to? How many things do you have on your schedule right now that you would cancel if it was a guarantee that nobody would really care about it? Be aware of all of these things. And it's going to go a long way into helping you not overcommit in your life. You may even find that you don't have to drastically cut your calendar. That's what I found. Sometimes it's just a matter of looking at things differently. Maybe you've been telling yourself that you have to do something and it makes you feel really gross and your gut says no. But the second that you turn around and say, you know what, I am choosing to do this, your gut feels very different. And you don't have to say no to feel a lot better and a lot lighter about it. Here's the bottom line. 
being in other people's lanes, not checking with yourself or ignoring what you think, to commit to other people and taking on that victim language of what you have to do is going to lead you straight into overcommitment. Overcommitment leads to stress, which increases your cortisol levels, which makes your body hold on to fat because it thinks that your life literally depends on it. And I think that even bears repeating because if there is one reason why you shouldn't overcommit is that yes, overcommitment can make you fat. It also takes away from your time and your energy and it depletes your willpower so that you're not able to stay on point with your health. It probably drives you a little nuts too. And it's not even up to you to know what everybody else needs and what everybody else wants. Practice letting go. Loosen your grip on what you think should happen, what you think you should do. Trust that even when you say no, everything will be okay and probably better than okay. So here's what I want you to try this week. Look at your schedule this next week and rate everything that you've committed to doing. You've got three options with the rating system. Number one, you've got excited. Number two, you've got your dreading. And number three, everyone that you're already planning to just do a (laughs) drive-by. Be honest, I know you're already thinking about it. For everything that you're dreading, ask yourself why you're doing it. Ask yourself why you're keeping this on your schedule. Notice if it falls into one of the areas that we talked about today. If if somebody's going to be mad, if you already said yes, you feel like you have to do it. Your extra credit this week, cancel one of those commitments that you're dreading. Do it with integrity. Be very firm with your boundaries. Don't waver back and forth, but cancel it. Sidestep that. You're going to feel lighter immediately when you take that off of your schedule. Now, you may already be saying like, whatever, I'm just going to stick it out until this project is done or this one thing is over. But remember, right now isn't different than two months from now. There will always be a lot of things to do. There will always be things that you volunteer for and don't really want to do. You will always be feeling out of control of your own schedule if you don't do something about it now. Things are not going to look much different after this project or the kids' soccer season or whatever it is is done. I promise you. Try this exercise with your schedule this week and see how it goes. Saying no and putting up boundaries around your schedule can be hard, especially if you're trying this for the first time. If this hits home for you and you have questions or you want to talk more about how you can stop overcommitting to other people and start paying more attention to you, I invite you to visit the show notes at andreahansencoaching.com slash HMP014. You will find out ways to contact me directly with any questions you have, and you can take the next steps to putting yourself where it should be first. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more good stuff on how you can stop striving and start achieving your healthy, beautiful life. Until next time, take care.